and welcome to the Pat and Ollie Show. I am one half of your hosts. I am Patrick S. Harrison. Uh, Ollie is going to be with me in one second. We recorded our first episode remotely last night, Thursday night, and there was a slight technical glitch in recording the first 30 seconds or so of the intro. So I just wanted to welcome everybody to the show, and I'm going to link up with the audio of my conversation with Ollie right now. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the show. You uh, you just said I'm missing Jeopardy for this. So I think that segues perfectly into our first topic tonight. But first off, a little preview of what's coming up on the show. We're going to talk more about The Queen's Gambit. I have seen episodes three and four. How far are you right now, Sam? I finished it. I finished it. Oh. I told you I would go. Ooh, so you're I ahead of me. It, but, I, but I'm not going to spoil it. Um, and uh, I got some, I got, I lurked on some notes. I, I had some like good, good, uh, good things to talk about. Okay. Well, I'm excited. I've only seen, so don't, don't spoil anything for me. So, okay. I won't Very, spoil anything. Okay. Uh, and then also we've got some sports to talk about. NFL mostly. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl halftime show. Uh, we got to revisit our Super Bowl predictions, and I want to talk a little fantasy football with you. Uh, both, uh, love it. Yeah, we're just. Uh, I want to talk about keeper leagues in general. I want to talk about trading some trades that we both made this week, mm-hmm. uh, and also, um, well, I'll, I'll just save it for the segment. But it, it's it's big. Uh, I'm but, excited. But let's start out with uh, Jeopardy because it segues perfectly. You sent me a little homework assignment this week. You could call it that. I sent you an article from the New York Times. It was lining up potential new hosts for Jeopardy. Um, you said you weren't going to read it, but you had thoughts. Well, I, I now I wish I had read it because instead I, I sent back to you. We should each come up with like three potential people who we think we thought would be good hosts, but. You know, me. I I think Alex's memory is too, you know, too much in the forefront of my mind. I couldn't think of a single person who I thought could fill his shoes. I really. Well, couldn't. here's the thing. So, I I hadn't. Apparently, this has been like a thing on the internet. Recent people, I guess, ever since me, either his cancer diagnosis or just the fact that he had been getting old. You know, people had been talking about who would replace him for a while. It's not something I was following. Um, but yeah, you know, clearly it's really relevant right now. The article listed a name that I had never would have thought of, but it, I was like, "Wow, that sounds like an amazing choice to me." Hit but me. you didn't read it, so the article listed several people, but the name that like jumped out. Apparently, it's been out there for a while. Lavar Burton from Reading Rainbow and Star Trek. I actually love that choice. I love it. He's got this really, really authoritative kind of voice. In the, uh, he's got a very soothing voice. I don't know. I remember watching Reading Rainbow as a kid. I also was a fan of the Star Trek show, and it was a kid. So, I kind of like. I think that's a great choice. He's he's gonna. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I just I I heard I saw that name on there, and I was like, man, that sounds good to me. You know. I guess he he sounds fine. I I really can't get excited about anybody yet. Uh, well, uh, yeah, no one's going to be Alex, but that name was one I was just like, ooh, you know, I could see that. I could see that. He's better than Ken Jennings, in my opinion, who seems like they, he's involved in the show now. I don't know. 
he seems like they want him to do something. I was just going to mention, because I couldn't think of any hosts, and I didn't do the reading, that I had heard somewhere, I don't know if it was on Around the Horn or PTI or somewhere, but I heard that it was uh, Tony Reale's ultimate goal, or like what his father wanted for him, was to be the host of Jeopardy. Uh, I can see that. He'd probably do a good job. Yeah. I think think we're both big fans of Reale. I like Reale. Yeah, I think he'd be a fine host. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't mind that one. I I wouldn't have thought of that, but yeah. And so you mentioned it. I'd say Ken is the front runner at the moment. It uh, seems like he is for sure. I think we talked about this before. He definitely seems like he's the front runner. But uh, I, I don't know. I just when you hear him talk, you, I just don't see it. I don't see him being the kind of authoritative Alex Trebek type to to really host the show. I don't know. It just it doesn't seem like he's got that in him. I'm sure he could grow into it. I kind of like the idea of him as the host just because he is the most familiar face on Jeopardy, at least from the lot, maybe ever, but I mean, aside from Alec, but definitely from the past decade, you know, he's definitely, yeah, him and, him and, and Jane and Holzhauer. See, yeah. I, you, you led me right to it. You know, what about Holzhauer as the host? Uh, I'm pretty I, sure he's on the spectrum. Uh, I mean that with no disrespect, but right. I think that would make an interesting game show host. What do you think? I, I think, in terms of just hearing their voices and uh, just hearing it in my head, like I'd like to hear them on TV again, but and just hearing them in my head, he seems like the better choice, but there's no way. He yes. Really? You think he'd be the better choice? Yeah, I do agree that he may be on the spectrum somehow, but he was, there's no way he would do it because he's like, he's a professional gambler and you, you don't give up. I feel like you don't give up professional gambling, especially if you're successful successful which he seems to be you don't give that up to to become a game show host i feel like you know well i don't think you have to give up gambling if you become a game show host i mean all the games run at night i think he could do both jobs just fine yeah but then you you know it's just an unseemly look i feel like you know alex trebek is a very clean cut was a very clean cut man you know like you know family man no, no like blemishes on him you know, you get a guy who's into gambling, that's his, you know, chosen profession. You know, I think a lot of people probably, it's one thing if he's a contestant, but it's another thing if he's like the face of the show, I feel like. A lot of people may not like that. Yeah, I, I was just joking around. I don't think he'll ever, yeah, be the host of the show. I just thought it'd be funny having him out there. Just given his personality type, I think he'd make an interesting host. Well, like dueling hosts, like Ken Jennings versus James Holzhauer every night, dueling host of Jeopardy. That would be interesting. I would like that. But let's move on to the Queen's Gambit. Okay. I'm ready. So I watched episodes three and four. Uh, Let's start. Episode three uh, is the Vegas tournament. Okay. And I had one huge question that I didn't want to look up. I wanted to ask you this. Okay. Who is the guy in the trench coat? Where have I seen this guy? Was he a Stark brother or something on Game of Thrones? He was Jojen Reed. He was the guy who went around with um. He he was the guy who went around. You're talking about the with the hat. He wore the uh, Indiana yeah, Jones, and hat. he's always wearing a trench coat. Yeah, yeah. He, he's the guy who was like going with Bran Stark. Um, he went beyond the wall with Bran. Him and his sister went beyond the wall with Bran Stark. Oh, okay, okay. He was the one who could kind of like he was trying to like train him to be able to like see. He uses uh, powers of, you know, like, 
his clairvoyant type powers, green seers, what they would call in the show. Like he ends up dying when they get to the, the, um, the tree, the three eyed Raven. Anyway, spoilers for game of Thrones or the five people in the world who haven't seen it yet, but okay. He, yeah. That's Jojen Reed. Uh, so I, I had a comment. He he's, he's in that episode. He's not really in the fourth episode, but he'll come back into the show. You know, you, you, you said at the start of the show you weren't going to give any spoilers. You've already given uh, one. I'm not spoiling. I, I'm I not don't sp- want anything like that, okay? I don't want my future... Right, right. I, 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 you, the son of a bitch, people. He's spoiling the show already for me. I I'm not spoiling. Not. That didn't spoil the show. I don't you like you to know back. anything that happened in the future. All right, I okay. won't tell you anything that happened. What I, what I will say is he... He successfully pulls up because he looks like a kid, right? He has this fa- very baby face. Yeah, he definitely. And when you first meet him in the show, he looks like a kid, but he successfully pulls off being more adult. I feel like as as the show goes on, so I won't spoil anything else. We won't talk about him further. But that's, I I think that was a success that he was able. He was one of the better actors in the show. I felt like by the end of it. My my take on that. Oh, so he must be in it a lot more. Okay, well, you know, I you know, I wish you hadn't gone so far ahead. You know, now this we're on different levels here. I'm worried about this. Uh, I'm not gonna say anything. I won't say anything. I promise. Episode four, uh, Beth she discovers pot in college boys, and she starts mm-hmm. doing. You know, that's just what she needs. Uh, more drugs and booze. Uh, then she goes on a tournament. She goes to a tournament in Mexico City. Yeah. And her mom is there, uh, you know, meeting up with some guys she met online or whatever the hell. I don't know. Yeah. Online in 1967 whatever. or whatever. Yeah. What, what is it? A pen pal? I forget. I don't know. Yeah. It was, she called it a pen pal. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he ended up. You never had a pen pal? Yeah. She en- the guy ends up going to like Oaxaca or something, which she says is a lot like Denver. Uh, I like that line. Yeah, that was a good line. Yeah. Uh, then So then we run into the Russian guy, who I feel like the show is setting up to be her big chess nemesis in the mm-hmm. show. I mean, I, you know, more on that in a second. And so she loses to him as well. She loses to uh, Sir Jorah, or whoever the hell the guy was in the last episode. What was his name from Game of Thrones? Yeah, Jojen Reed. Jojen yeah. Reed, whatever. She loses to okay. him in the U.S. Championship the US or something Open like or whatever. that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So she's got a couple of losses under her belt now. Uh, so I guess the show is setting up for her to make the big triumphant comeback at the end. Now, it's really, I guess in general, it's interesting. I mean, it's still interesting to me that they made a fictional show about a chess player. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it makes me wonder, I mean, where is this show going to go? I mean, I guess it's going to climax where, you know, it showed us in the beginning with like her playing Borgov, I believe that's his name, in Paris. Yeah. yeah. But even... If that's where the show ends, it's not like she's gotten her life together by that point. Like, we know she was getting shit-faced the night before still. Uh, I, like, I don't know if she has some, like... So, I'm, I'm really curious to see how they wrap this up. You already know. So, like, it'll be more, I'll be more excited to talk about this with you after I've watched the next three episodes, which I'll, I'll do before our next episode so we can get some closure to this. Yeah, I do know. I, I, I won't say anything. I, the one of the couple things I was like writing down when I was watching, you know, the broader themes of the show. So I'm not going to spoil anything. It's not talking about plot details or anything. Okay, go ahead. Um, one thing I really liked about the show is it kind of like 
devise or defies or subverts cliches. So like you keep thinking like they're going to set up like um, this thing where like all these, she's in a, a woman and a male dominated thing. And that the with the males would all look down on her and treat her like shit, but that never really happens. Right. Like, I like that that doesn't really happen. Like they all are pretty respectful of her. They pretty much most, for the most part, they respect her like ability in chess. I found that very kind of refreshing that they didn't like go down that sort of cliche. Let's all belittle the woman in the man's sports, you know, like I kind of thought that was uh, something that was very, yeah, refreshing. I, I don't know what else to say, but. I don't know if you felt like the same thing. Like it seems like they, they were really trying to line up some some like cliche types like that. Uh, going off the example that you just said, I can't think of any um, where they play that stereotype. So yeah, I guess well done by the show. I mean, it's like you, you know they bring in the Jojen Reed character, and it seems like they set him up to be this kind of, which he is a, a I forget his what's his name again. I can't remember his name now. In the show, I keep mm-hmm. when I keep calling Indiana him Jones. We can call him whatever. Yeah, yeah, Indiana Jojen, Indiana Jones, whatever. He does wear an Indiana Jones hat the entire time, but um, you know, like he he kind of comes in as this really arrogant young chess player. So you kind of get this vibe like he'll treat her like shit, and he doesn't. He doesn't treat her like shit, and nobody really does. And I felt like that's kind of an interesting way to play it. Like you know, he seems like most shows would have gone the opposite direction on that, and just really leaned particularly a show that takes place in the sixties, like would have leaned into a woman being out of her place, out of something like that, which I didn't, I found pretty cool. Yeah. Almost like she's out of regs. Okay. That's a quick plug. Uh, she's for not, you know, the greatest book yeah. of all time out of regs, uh, by Patrick S. Harrison available on Amazon. I always forget to sell it. So there we go. Okay. Um, I, so there's a couple I asked more there Keep was going. another thing I liked about the show in general is they, they get into a lot of like really complicated like chess terms and chess talk which I never really try to explain to you in any in any way which I feel like there's not that many chess movies out there but I feel like they've they've tried to in the past it's really hard for non but it's really but what I, I guess what I find great about it is you find the chess compelling, even though you don't understand a thing that's going on. Like, and they don't even try to make you understand. I don't know if you found that too. I, I yeah, I guess. I mean, the music, uh, the, and, and you know, just like the camera angles, just I mean, tell you that, the, and like you know, like the, there being fewer pieces on the board, it tells you that the chess is suspenseful. Um, but it, but they're like throwing out like this is the the rooks knights something you know like they're throwing out these terms that I assume are real. I have no idea. I think it's but, because like, the names just sound kind of sound cool. You know, like the Sicilian. I feel defense, like they're real. The Queen's right, Gambit. This is, yeah. yeah, the Sicilian. But like they don't ever explain what those are. You know, it's just it's interesting that you, you would think that like you might just be like, well, what does that mean? But it, it kind of they still make the chess compelling. They make the sort of interpersonal or the personal relationship between the two players very compelling. So I don't know. I, I found, I found it to be interesting that it works on that level. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it all just goes back to the name sound cool. So people l- l- like hearing them, you know, like, 
Now, anything else you want to add? Any any other things? What what should you have over there? All right. So here's like here's another question. I again, not spoiling anything, and may may help. Maybe we'll come back to this when you finish the show. Okay. But it, it, sometimes I find it hard to to figure out what they're trying to make our perception of Beth, the main character, be. Because sometimes it gets you get the sense that like it was interesting. You talked about being on the the spectrum. You sometimes you get the sense that like she's well, she supposed to be. Is. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you get the sense that she's supposed to be. There's other times where she's supposed to be exceedingly normal, like when she goes to party with the college kids and she has sex for the first time. Sam, I sw- that was the number one complaint about our podcast so far. <laughs> that your it fucking p- phone keeps going off. Yeah. That was a phone call. That was a phone call, not a text. We're leaving that we'll in. This, Better we'll be on Do Not Disturb out. right now. How do I turn this off? I did. I just turned it off. All right. We'll we'll re. All right. Where was I saying? We'll, we'll let me go back so we can cut this part out. Jesus Christ! We were talking about Anya Taylor Joy's character kind of being on the spectrum, yeah. but also kind okay, of being. Okay. So normal. yeah, I, like she. I don't. I can't figure out what they want her to be portrayed as. So it seems like she's on the spectrum. She definitely. And then there's other times where she seems like she just wants to be normal. You know, like I, I can't. That's what I. I guess I have a trouble trying to figure out what what they want us to perceive her as, because there's parts where she definitely seems like she's got autism. There's other parts where she feels like she's just like she just doesn't know how to normal because she's never really been in a normal sort of world for herself I, I don't know it just seems odd sometimes like i can't figure out what i'm supposed to take away from her her character you know maybe it's just trying to show us that she's a multi-dimensional person you know like all people you know well, yeah, nervous sure. in some situations confident in others you know love smoking dope you know yada 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 that's what i mean though that's what i mean is uh, am i supposed to take away that she is an exceedingly normal person or that she's supposed to be mentally like she's supposed to be on the spectrum and she has these sort of like weird autistic type whoa, 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 whoa. Ex- exceedingly normal what the hell does that even mean no one's exceedingly normal right i don't well, want to argue that trying... no one is normal everyone's pretty weird sure okay but she's like she's trying to be normal even though she's an abnormal person right she's a chess prodigy she's famous in the show but like she's also trying to be, you know, relate to people her own age. She wants to like get, she wants to have sex. She's trying to like get a boyfriend. She drinks and you know does drugs. Like she's just trying to be like an average person. It's it, it a lot of the time when she's not playing chess. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it just balances. Like she is a prodigy, but she's still a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. But is she on the spectrum? definitely she's a chess prodigy of course for sure uh, uh, all right we'll leave it we'll come back to that later yeah i don't know i feel like it it fills it out more as the show ends but you know i think we should leave the queen's gambit here uh, and we should come back to it when i've seen the rest of it yeah we'll come back to it yeah okay so we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk the nfl and fantasy football we'll be right back Welcome back to the show. Uh, for this next segment, we are joined by our first ever guest, a man who really needs no introduction. He's huge in Europe. Give it up for our friend, Kevin. 
Kevin, how's it going? Uh, great. Fantastic. With a name like Peterson, you would think he's just blowing up over in the Sweden, Denmark's, you know. Now, Turns Kev, out I'm bigger in Spain. Now, Kev, we want to talk some NFL with you. Also, a very special TV segment about a show that you wanted to talk about. But, mm. Kev, I think we need to talk. Uh, big weekend this weekend for us personally. Mm. Uh, it's Penn State, Nebraska weekend. How are you feeling about it? First, are you even going to watch? Unfortunately, I got family pictures at 1030. So I'm only going to catch like the second half, uh, which is all really unique. We should clarify here that that Kevin is a massive Nebraska football fan versus our esteemed host, Patrick, who is a massive Penn State football fan. Yeah, Yeah, I guess like I should say like I'm a bandwagon Penn State fan when they're good. I attended the university. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say you're more of a Michigan fan, really. I mean, Kevin did not yeah. attend Nebraska University for all you, all of our fans out there. Definitely did not go to that university. No, no. But my parents were born in Omaha, and I grew up my first 13 years of life in the panhandle of Nebraska. So I, it's legit enough. Nebraska has a panhandle? I guess it does. Wait, it yeah. does? Yeah. No, I don't know. I've been yeah, there a few times. I always pictured it as like a square. It's just a big rectangle. Yeah. It's just a big rectangle, yeah. Kansas. You guys are thinking of Kansas. Now, Kev, do you remember the first Penn State-Nebraska game we watched together? I think we probably watched it in Monterey. Or was it in San Antonio? See, I believe it was in San Antonio. It was it was the, the first game after Paterno got fired after the Sandusky oh. schedule. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, the Sandusky schedule. Is scandal. Is that what you said? I said I thought I said scandal, but no, you said schedule. Which, yeah. Oh, it, well, it well see, like see, hear... maybe that's a Freudian slip because Malcolm Gladwell <laughs> proved that he's. I innocent, would like to hear. So. I would like to hear this take on the Sandusky scandal that you don't think is real. No, yeah. no, no, no. I do think that obviously Sandusky did it, but. Uh, Sam turned me on to the Malcolm Gladwell book, Talking to Strangers, and it does, it makes like Graham Spanier, the ex-Penn State president, and a lot of other people look a and lot Jeremy better Turner. than, yeah, it yeah. Make, makes them look a lot better, it does. Mm. Highly recommend that book for everyone out there. But yeah, when we, I didn't know Kev back, well, this was back when we were, all three of us were in the Navy, but I didn't know yeah. Kev well back then, but we, we watched that game. It was a weird game to watch, but... We got a 24 rack of beer. Maybe it was a 30 rack. And we just so we said we we're going to drink it all during the game. Uh, but Kev drank about 14 or 15 of them. And I drank 9 or 10 or whatever. He, he outpaced me by far. Hang with the big dog. Yeah. Now I could well, drink like four and I'd fall asleep. So. Let's also clarify that Kevin is like, what, 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, six, and Pat's about 5'2", five, 5'3". Five, yeah. So. That's about right. But anyway, get get into this year's game, Kev. You're gonna watch more than me. I'm not. I, maybe the I, I'm hoping the game gets canceled for COVID. Uh, there, there's no way I'm tuning in to watch a minute of this game. Penn State, zero three. The season's over. They're terrible. I don't know how you guys are this bad. It's like you got beat by the ugly tour, brother. It's like bad. Well, apparently this kid's good, right? I don't know. He's a quarterback at maryland he can't be that he's to his brother so i'd be excited to watch him i I didn't actually watch any of that game last week but now it's a shame because we can't get to watch them play ohio state because i got game got canceled because of covid this week so yeah 
should we have the more important college football discussion of do we think that Ohio State's chances at, a, at the national championship are over with the canceled game? I don't think so. I think if they go undefeated, if, if the name brand Ohio State, I think they're going to still get yeah. in. I, I don't think you can punish them for that. And I, I, also, like, they're by far and away the best team in the Big Ten. Like, I, I agree that they probably will get in. I Personally, I don't think they should, to be honest. I think that with their not? lack of because they're with their lack of games, I don't, I don't see how it's. If, what, what are they playing in six games now? They went from seven to six. Who gives okay, a shit? These are extenuating in. circumstances. Yeah. yeah. Who are you going to put in? Like another ACC school? No, probably. Yeah. Florida State sucks. Uh, Big Twelve's not very good this year. They're yeah, Big Twelve sucks too. Yeah. Whoever wins the Big Twelve is going to have two, three, three losses. SEC schools. Maybe. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think if the season were to end today, Ohio State should still be in the playoff. Yeah, I mean they're just a good team, and they're a major market. Like, do we do we know that they're a good team though? Like, like they beat they Penn play? State, Ollie. Whoa, I mean, one more. Oh, and three know. Penn State. Oh, and three Penn. I mean, I will say Nebraska yeah. hung in for a half. They did. They they put up a better fight than Penn State for a lot of it. Yeah. You know what I'll say about what's, what's something about Nebraska is they do like their Latino quarterbacks. They love those Latino quarterbacks. If we get another fucking quarterback with the last name Martinez, I'm gonna puke. Wait, <laughs> is this a different all... guy? It's still yeah, the same. Yeah, Adrian Martinez. Really? I, didn't, I thought it was the same guy. No, no, that was no. like that was like five years ago. That was like five years ago. He was gonna go play for the Eagles, but he couldn't pass his physical. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, Trevor or what's his name? Uh, Taylor Martinez. Yeah, that fucked up his toe. Know. Yeah, well, shouldn't yeah. you know that? Yeah, fucked up his toe, and uh, couldn't pass physical, so they didn't pick, end up picking him up. So, I think he's a real estate guy in California now. Okay, so who who makes it in the playoff first? Uh, a four and zero at the end of the year undefeated Ohio State team, or a seven and one Clemson team? Or are they playing ten games? So let's say nine and one Clemson. So you're saying that Ohio State will only play four games? I'm saying, like, a what-if scenario here. Clemson makes it in. Clemson's making it in regardless. Yeah. Well, let's, let's count it out. So it's definitely because, Bama. Because, like, you can't, you can't hold that loss against Clemson because they didn't have Trevor Lawrence. I agree. Yeah. So it's yeah. definitely Bama. No one, probably they Clemson. They, not probably. Guaranteed. They will, lose. they will play Notre Dame again, right, in the ACC championship? I, I don't think, even if they lost that game again, which if they have Trevor Lawrence, they probably won't. Mm-hmm. But even if they did, I think they're in regardless. They're like a money ticket right now in a year where there's not a lot of great teams out there. Yeah. Let me see what they're they, they, they would play Notre Dame again in the ACC championship. Yeah. Yeah. And then they got Florida State coming up. That's a dog. Pittsburgh, that's a dog. Virginia Tech, that's a dog. Yeah, they're getting in. But who else are you going to go? Like, Pac-12? Is there anybody good in the Pac-12? They're only playing six games, right? I think. Yeah, they're playing six games, and it's, I mean, Oregon maybe. I didn't watch that Stanford game last week. Yeah, the only team that's probably any good is Oregon. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think you put in just, it's got to be Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, Florida or Georgia, something like that. Florida or Georgia. Yeah, Georgia's already play. lost twice. They lost to Florida, so it would probably be Florida. Mm. Sounds terrible. You know, this this has been too much college football talk for me already. 
Okay. We didn't maybe even Notre talk Dame. about Nebraska. Yeah. Well, maybe oh, Notre Dame. Yeah. I, came, I came on here to talk about Nebraska. I was trying to divert us into a topic that wasn't as depressing as Penn State, Nebraska. Okay. I mean, it's going to be we, we got Penn State, they're three and a half point favorites. Are they? I imagine, I imagine that's going to rise. Wouldn't you, like, I don't know if you guys watched a second of Nebraska football, but it's not been good. I watched the first half of the Ohio State game, and then I—that's what I saw. I yeah, yeah, I couldn't even watch that game. I was in Cortez, um, but yeah, like my take on this Nebraska team, and just like teams like this in general, like these former blue buds, that they have these coaches, and like you know, you look at Michigan, you look at Nebraska, former blue bloods finally got their guy who knows the program. They come in and they suck, and everybody's like, "Well, we need to can them." I'm like who's going to come in and take these programs? Like, I think Michigan could find somebody to take that program over, but like Nebraska, who's going to come in and we're going to pay Scott Frost for another five years while all athletic departments are just hemorrhaging money. Like, Here's the thing. Kevin, any of these guys. You put it perfectly. Nebraska is a former blue blood, yeah. but they're never getting it back. They're never getting it back. They're not like Michigan where they go, they can have downtime and then they can come back. Nebraska had their time in the in the late '80s and mid '90s through the '90s. That's it, you know. It, I I think if we went back to the the Penn State thing, is the same way. By the way, yeah. Penn State's the same exact thing. See, I, I I kind of disagree with you because I feel like people were saying the same thing about Alabama before Saban got there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but uh, he's he's the the greatest college football coach of all time. You know, are that's you what get, it takes. That's what it takes. But, but are you going to get? I mean, how many Sabins come along? Right? And is Nebraska or or Penn State going to get them over an Alabama or a Michigan or an Ohio I say, State? No, I, I mean, would say listen. Penn State has a better chance right now in college. There's three royalty programs, right? There's Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. Right? I mean, everybody yeah. else is just picking up the scraps. Like Penn State's yeah. one of those schools. Yeah. Yeah. If it, they, it's just like if that, they make the. That, that fourth spot in the playoffs, if whoever team can get in there, that's your chance. That's it. Yeah. It's, that's that's my rant on Nebraska. You got to win your conference now. I mean, in a normal year, you just have to win your conference and you have a shot. So Yeah. And Nebraska's not doing that anytime. Okay. Be like, yeah. Let's switch it's, gears from Saturdays to Sundays, okay? First of all, uh, it was announced today. The Kev, did you hear this? the halftime entertainment at the Super Bowl. Did you hear who it's going to oh, be? Oh, the weekend. What do you think? Um, I couldn't name a weekend song, but oh, it, heard it's, them. it's not the uh, it's not the fella who did all the really good ones when we were in San Antonio, the short guy. That's Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars, yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, he could do it every year. Wouldn't care. I like I, Bruno as well. The weekend's a good dancer as well, underrated dancer, I would say. So I think there'll be he'll be busting some good moves. I think it'll be entertaining. I think the weekend is a great choice, personally. He has some really good songs that are fun for a Super Bowl. I think Pat, we're probably on the same page here. We both are fans of the weekend. Like I think this is a really good choice, to be honest. Probably one of the better choices in recent memory. I I'm excited about it. I'm a fan of the weekend, um, but I think Kev speaks. It, it, the Super Bowl halftime entertainment can never please everyone. Does he have like a like a political presence? The weekend? Yeah, Not really. Political I don't think so. Will. I think his thing is like yeah. like 
banging models and doing cocaine is kind of like his his vibe, yeah, right? I, I, I You've definitely heard good. his song. You've definitely heard a couple of his songs. I'm like, sure I have. They're all over the radio. Yeah, Blinding yeah. Lights definitely the biggest song of the year, right? Well, but Blinding Lights is a great song, and it's definitely it's huge. It's like on every every weekend they put it on a football game as like the going into a commercial or something. That's okay. true. So I've I've probably heard it. But speaking of the Super Bowl, Sam and I we have to eat some crow about our Super Bowl picks after yeah. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got their ass kicked by the Saints yeah. on Sunday night. Uh, uh, great. I, no, I mean. Uh, and it's only one game, but they got to be panicking a little bit. I, I don't know. It's two games. Like, it's true. The fucking Giants ran a game against them, and they're awful. Here's like, the thing, though. Here's the thing. It, it was terrible, and you definitely have to be concerned. But I, there's expanded playoffs this year. Do, are they going to make the playoffs most likely? They're 6-3 and three now. Yeah, I think they're going to make the playoffs. And yeah. look, Tom Brady, Tom Brady in the playoffs, do you bet against him? Like the odds say, he's gonna do well. So, yeah, I, I I still think there's that Belichick thing there where he's gonna come in with a better plan. Um, but I mean, if we look at Tampa Bay, they can't get Mike Evans going, and then they bring in Antonio Brown. Like that's not gonna be a good situation, I don't think. There's too many mouths to feed there. Um, there's gonna be issues in the locker room. Uh, I don't think Bruce Arians is a Bill Belichick by any means. Um, here's, here's what I'll say about that, because Antonio Brown's come in, and it definitely doesn't look like off to a good start. Like He comes in the first game, they get blown out. Not saying that's Antonio Brown's fault, but like it just seems ominous, right? Yeah. But then I guess I was reading that his court case for one of his harassment lawsuits or whatever is going to be uh, coming up in like December. So if he gets convicted or found found whatever it is in that lawsuit, Bruce Arians said they're going to cut him like right away. So it's possible. See they a go team into- with moral principles. Wow, they yeah, wow. <laughs> but but it's possible. Like we're, but we're all going to say they're going to go into the playoffs, right? It's possible they go into the playoffs without Antonio Brown. So does that improve or detract from their prospects? He could like go to take off, you know. In the, in the next couple games. You never know. But I, I think it'd be interesting if he ends up being really good. Brady loves him. He still gets convicted. Are they going to drop him? Then? No, they're not going to drop him. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, it definitely will depend on how they're playing at the time. Yeah, and I, I, I don't want to be better than now because I think we all got on waivers once he showed up and tried getting A-B on our teams. Um, I'm, like, I'm actually, even after the game last week, I'm bullish on A-B. I, I am too. Uh, yeah, I am too. I I traded CD Lamb for him in a, in a league this yeah. week. Uh, uh, I I definitely think you can't put that game on him. You know that game was just bad game for the Bucks. Yeah, I mean and, Brady looked like shit. Yeah, and and uh, nothing AB did looked particularly bad. You know, it wasn't throwing any tantrums or anything like that. But, but if whether he's on the team or not, like if you say that Chris Godwin's healthy and Mike Evans is healthy, they're they're loaded with pass catchers, right? Whether it's AB's there or not. So if they go into the playoffs healthy, you know, like Brady's gonna have weapons like he's never had in, in New England. They I like Todd Bowles as their defensive coordinator. I think he's a good coach. Like they could be real threat in the playoffs if they get into the playoffs healthy. And then Brady, you know, he's the most clutch guy we've ever seen. You know. I, look, our, our picks look bad after that game, 
but I'm going to stick with it. I think uh, I'm going to stick with that pick. I think that if they get in the playoffs, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. So. Who did you guys have in the Super Bowl? We both had the Bucks and... The Chiefs. the Chiefs, but you know what? After after just that one game, I'm just going to switch to the Saints. Uh, even though they traditionally choke in the playoffs, I'll say the Saints yeah. now. Really? But the okay. NFC is wide open. It really could be the Eagles. But I want to go back to AB for a second. Did you guys see the clip on Sunday Night Football when they showed him talking about his? Uh, and I know the guy's been a punchline in recent years, but they showed a clip of him talking about his anger issues and him trying to like get his shit together. It was actually kind of it, it was interesting. Like it seems like he's actually putting an effort to change. I took that a different way. Really? I, I, that felt like rehearsed saying the things he had to say on camera. Personally, it was like, I did see that clip. It just, it seemed to me like he's probably is going through anger management or whatever, but it, to me, it doesn't seem like anger is his problem. It seems like he's just crazy. And like, you know, he's been accused of, you know, drop uh, showing his junk to random women and stuff like that. So is that an anger problem or is that just a problem? You know, so I don't know. It just seemed like he was just saying the right things on camera in his first like interview since joining the team. That's how I took it. You know, he's probably getting coached up by uh, a PR guy. Like definitely the Bucks got him a PR guy. Sam, this agents. is very cynical. We're both we're both Michael Vick guys now. We both believe that he's a guy who's changed but, and transformed. I think people can change. I I'm agree. Beyond, well, well, it's, maybe it's, just because I just traded for him, but I'm going to give AB the benefit of the doubt here. Okay, he's a changed oh. man, doing his best. Yeah, I, I think not, I, I, I just googled him, and at the age of 32, <laughs> you just are who you are. Like and, and like Mike Vick, like it's easy not to fight dogs. Just don't fight dogs. Uh, with Antonio Brown, it's well, a person. At, at listen to Kev, it's at the age of 32, you just are who you are. Every, everybody <laughs> listening, everybody who's in AA, 32 or older, just quit right now. You yeah. are who you are. There's no reason. Yeah, there's no yeah. hope for you. Yeah. yeah. I, we're, I, a pro, I, we're a pro chain, turning your life around podcast. We do not condone the yeah. words of our... Just make sure you do it by 32. Yeah, no. Although yeah. I, was, I was looking at his kids' names because that came up on Wikipedia. Uh, he has a child named Autonomy. Ooh, yeah. I like that. I, isn't I wonder if she's very. Dependent. I feel like he was just flipping through the dictionary one day, and he's like, yeah. "Ooh, that's a good word." Yeah, we got autonomy, Tanya, Apollo, Ali, and Antonio Brown Jr. So they're all a all a a names. They're all a b's. Okay, I, I I have to say I'm giving I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt too. I think you're right. I just for me when I saw that clip. I took it as very staged or just saying what he had to say. I'm not going to say that he can't be a better person or not, whatnot, but uh, I, I'm i not going to say that I, I took that as like very sincere is now a way I took it. But Okay, well, all, it, all he has to do is slip up one time and then you look correct in this. So. Well, and but to your Michael Vick point, he, he came back he d- and I didn't take particularly a lot of what he had to say as sincere, but I, what I did say is that it's a little, just a bunch of different situation that he could do more for like pro animal rights groups and pro like ASPCA and all that. He could do more for that being insincere about his, like whatever, you know, just having to do that because he had to do that to play football. He could do more for those groups than most they'd ever dreamed of accomplishing. So like whether he was sincere or not, didn't really matter. He was accomplishing 
the goal of like helping stray dogs in the world just by like being forced to do it. So okay, let's just let's just be real. Uh, Sam, you're just saying all this because you're an Eagles fan. That's why you'll give Michael Vick the benefit of the doubt. If yeah. Antonio Brown no. were to put on a green jersey, you'd be in I his corner. Gi- you know, I just sure. never, I just said I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Okay, but Michael Vick didn't do shit for the Eagles, so you know he didn't win us anything. Okay, let's move on, guys. I want to talk. I want to talk fantasy football for a little bit here. Okay. Uh, huge Sam. I mean, this Sam and I, we're playing this week. Uh, I feel like this is a big, this is a must win for you, I feel like, Sam. Okay. Uh, I don't I don't uh, think that's true at uh, all. Well, uh, listen, I mean, I, if you want to win the title this year, I think you really need to beat me in this matchup. Okay. I'm not saying that I'm the better fantasy player, but in our personal history, for some reason, I always seem to get the better of you. Uh, would you agree? Uh, I, I suppose I, I, I guess that's true. I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't look at our head to head matchups over the years. Beach I in the league. remember the losses more than the wins. Like, yeah, yeah. Beat you in the league finals this year. I have a horrible team this year, but I did beat you week one. I believe this, uh, we played week one this year. Yeah. I believe I lost now. to yeah. you, you and our, uh, and our, our current league leader, in consecutive weeks, but I have not lost since. Okay. I am undefeated. Since I, week just, two. I was just looking, Pat. You're the low scorer in our league. By far. Score, by, six. by like yeah, 100 yeah, points. I mean, by like 100 points. Your team points. Is, is, is embarrassing. Your I, team yeah, is very, my, I, team's, my team's dog doo-doo, and I'm still 50 points better than I won with 70 nine. points a couple of weeks. I, my team's terrible, <laughs> but I think I might win this league. I really do. Uh, anyway, a, a big Senior. trade. There's a big trade in the league this week between you there two. There was a big trade. Well, I want yeah. to hear about how this went down. Tell the people what it was. So uh, I traded. Yeah, what did we trade? Kevin and I made a trade. I gave him Justin Herbert and Cooper Cup. He gave me Jonathan Taylor and Joe Mixon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I so wanted I like- some running back support, and Kevin's rolling with Ben Roethlisberger, who's got COVID, so he needed a quarterback pretty pretty desperately. Yeah. Herbert Herbert's been a star. Herbert's been a star. So Herbert's good. Herbert's good. Cup's been serviceable. Um, I'm gonna need to make another trade because I traded almost all my running backs away. But. I have to be honest. When when like we were discussing a trade for a little while before that, I've been trying to get Joe Mixon off of you. You were hesitant to make some of the other offers, but then you offered Jonathan Taylor, and I was like, uh, done deal. I don't. I Jonathan didn't get it. Taylor's been dog. He's, I, he's the starting running back in the league. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't get that offer, but I wasn't going to say no. So he's been he's been dog poop. I thought you wanted Chark. I thought you were trying to play me for Chark. Uh, honestly, I thought that that was a, I did offer you that trade. Yeah, I ain't giving up. Uh, Chark. I offered he's you the same players that you got, and and I wanted Joe Mixon, and I offered or I asked for Shark, but it's, you you rejected that trade. I'm not I quite think, sure why. It's more like reasons. Because I looked at Mixon, and I was like, why do you want Mixon? He's hurt with a shitty offensive line. I'm wondering so, if, yeah, Mixon seems like he is more seriously hurt than originally thought. I'm not sure yeah. we're going to see him back this week. Yeah, I was, so it I doesn't look like to get rid of him. And, the reason I wanted Mixon doesn't look like he might not be back, but I have Gio Bernard. So I actually like the Bengals offense. I think Pat and I, we've watched a few Bengals games because Pat is a Bengals fan, I'm their, all in. Their offense, their lo- offense looks pretty good. Their off, their offensive line not may not be great, but the offense looks good. You know why that Bernard, is? Joe Zach Bernard, Taylor, Nebraska quarterback. 
Gio Bernard has been good in his stead. So I felt like if I get Joe Mixon, who's been good when he's played, if I get if I got him, that I would be set at that position. I can flip those guys in and out, you know, pretty interchangeably. That's why I wanted Joe Would Mixon. Would you have made a trade for Bernard? Because I was looking at Bernard. I didn't now. think to be – I honestly, if you had offered something for Bernard, I just didn't think there was anything worth a damn because it would have been – you wouldn't have offered me a really starter caliber player because they're both – he's a backup. I'd have maybe I, given you Dob. Okay. Robin. Well, I don't want to get too specific into our own league for the listeners, okay? Let's move on. Kev, you wanted to talk about a, a television show that is near and dear to your hearts, to your heart. Tell us about it. Um, I very much enjoy, and this isn't a hot take, the Great British Bake Off or the Great British Baking Show. And I've, um, you know, nobody, it's no surprise that it's a very relaxing, positive influence on everybody's life. But I have noticed that there are certain there, there are things that get carried on through season through season. Like there's always like this old British Cockney woman who swears to God she's a great baker. But anytime she's on, she's just she's awful. Like everything's a disaster. Like she knows how to bake like five good things in her oven, and they keep her on because she's a nice old lady. Uh, there are always. Um, Minimum, two homosexual, great-looking men, at a minimum. There's always they always got to have one or two good-looking gals, um, and they keep them on um, for later. Although this year is a uh, is an outlier because they kicked off the uh, last last good-looking gal, and they're all uggos now. Um, but they usually keep them at least to the like the third to last episode, um, and they're always pretty decent bakers. Um, last last ep- or last seasons was this a uh, uh, woman of our heart? She was a uh, she was an officer in the British Naval Reserve. So you know, so and she was and she was hot. They and do pick always, people off on this show. Yeah, like it's a competition. Yeah. I yeah, always competition. thought that like the whole. I thought it was kind of like a friendly show, or they. I thought that was kind oh, of what differentiated it. It's friendly, um, but they're like, we're sorry, we have to kick you off. They, yeah. I apologize. So I, I, I want to think, we asked Kevin what he wanted to watch for this podcast. Could have said anything in the world, and this is what he said. So I went and I, I watched an episode, and I, I want to make it clear that I'm a very big fan of cooking television. That's yeah, how I'm a married man. You're lucky it wasn't Property Brothers or Fixer Upper or something I, like that. I, I would have taken Property Brothers, but, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan of cooking television, that's how I learned how to cook mostly is like watching cooking television and picking up how they do things. This is not baking television is not my thing. I don't like, I'm not a fan of the baking stuff, but I watched an episode because you asked us to like, I agree. Like all the baking stuff on food network. is awful. It's just terrible. But this is like, there's these weird dynamics and there's always like this weirdo who happens to be like a really good baker. Um, and then there, the hosts are great. I don't care for Paul Hollywood. He's fine. Um, I, so I, I watched an episode. I, I found the lack of drama, honestly boring. Cause like I've watched, I've used to watching shows like competition shows like chopped 
which have a lot more drama in them. Oh, chopped. This chopped one was very on ice. The, no, it's always it's, like a one-armed, definitely wrong. Some kind of pity story. Ugh, I hate chopped. But this one has no drama. They definitely try and make it the nice, nice c- competition. I do like one of the hosts, Matt Lucas. I think he's. I'm a fan of British television in general. Is he the Matt one Lucas. from uh, the Mighty Boosh? Yeah, I think the, so. He's the, the bald guy. Fella. No, 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 the bald guy. He's awful. He's oh, awful. I disagree. Last year, no. Last year, they, they, for the last two years, they had this uh, squat little uh, British lady. Uh, I forget her name, but she was just wonderful. Her and the tall Neil or whatever his name is, they were wonderful. Great chemistry. Now, this guy, he sits there and ugh. I watched the start of the newest season. They did a little comedy skit, uh, COVID related. I like that. I thought it was charming. Yeah, they always do a little skit in the beginning. Um, oh, every episode? Every episode, they have like a little skit thing to introduce the show. You guys should get into it. It's wonderful Friday now, Night Watch. Now, I'm guessing, like, what do you get out of it? Though? I mean, I guess it's just like relaxing. You don't have to pay that close attention to a television, it, it's, right? it's You don't pay that close attention, but they're also like, they talk about like these old world, like they'll they'll have them bake like there's the uh, the... The second challenge is always like it's a blind. They, they couldn't try it out. Um, and it's always this kind of like old world kind of ache good that, you know, us in America don't typically come across. And so it's like, oh, what the hell's that? And you're like, oh, that's it. And that looks neat. Um, so you learn something about like making history uh, and just different things that I had no idea existed. Uh, I'm not a big pastry guy anyway, but. Uh, yeah, so it's you, you learn it, and it's uh, it's positive, and it's nice, and all the contestants are really supportive of each other. Uh, they help each other out, and um, beautiful scenery. Now, so I recommend. We can come back to the Great British Baking Show in a second. There was a certain Food Network host uh, is in hot water at the moment for some. Uh, anti-semitic tweets sam did you I just saw this did you see this this is all right what's his name alton brown alton brown kevin's a fan of alton brown if i remember alton correctly. Brown, uh, no way so he was making he, he was basically trying to I, re, I just read about it before we like right before we started recording he was trying to say that it was a political it wasn't a joke it was like an earnest political comment about the country devolving into fascism that came out really it was it was holocaust references it didn't sound good he said he wasn't even trying to be funny and it just came across that way it was a stupid thing to say i think we both like alden brown he's he's actually a very good instructional cook on yeah. television Fantastic. online like you can good learn news. a lot from him yeah um I don't take a lot out of it, to be honest. I think a lot of people are making these sort of <laughs> very politically uh, tinged comments that, you know, reference. Oh, I don't, I, I wouldn't imagine he's like a Paula Dean or a Mario Batali. No, you, you have to read the, the context of what he said. It doesn't come across as like. Who the hell is Mario Batali? You don't know. He's he's, uh, he was this. Um, he had Malto Mario. At, like, he got me too. And he was this wonderful Italian chef. But I think he like kept sexually. He was a 
That's yeah. actually harassing all his workers at his. Uh, in one of his restaurants, they had like a back room where they would harass waitresses and grope them, and he got me too pretty hard. So he was all over TV and the internet, and now he's he's gone. Yeah, no, he was good. Apparently, Alton Brown apologized for his flippant reference and made to the Holocaust in my tweet last night. Bet he had a couple of drinks. Well, Sam says it's okay, so he is forgiven. Okay, he's okay, as the uh, resident expert. Yeah, he's absolved. We forgive yeah. Alton Brown on this podcast. Yeah. Okay, I'm Catholic, so I'm standing out of that one. So. Now, Kev, have you and the wife gone through all the seasons then of the Great British Breaking Show? Uh, no, we don't have time for that. Oh, okay. And, okay. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. We watched like the first season, and I didn't like the two gals that were hosting it, so I just kind of went into the garage and organized tools for a bit. Um, but yeah, that's my life. Okay. Well, <laughs> I think we've gone long enough. Uh, anything else anybody wants to add? Um. I disagree with you guys' take on the Mandalorian. Whoa! Uh, I don't. I don't. Whoa, think whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't don't throw don't throw you guys's. Don't say you, you. We have drastically different. I may have had a negative take. He on was the, pretty. You're pretty negative this most recent on episode. the last episode, but I am not negative on the show as a whole. Yeah. No, I think I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's the point. By of the, the way, show. this is our Mandalorian minute. Uh, brought to you by Disney Plus. Yes, yeah, start the watch now. Also by Out of Regs. Go buy it. It's in stores. Great. Good book. I'm in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. I don't think the point is really to progress the plot as it is to... It, it's like kind of a, one of those old school kind of Western shows where there's an issue, he solves it. And every episode is, okay, what's the issue? How are we solving it? And uh, I think it's kind of nice. It's, uh, we're not thinking about anything grander. Um, hey, and just simple. Blow the big I, I, we'll, we'll, we'll take up a ton of time on this. We'll come back to this another time with you, Kevin. But no, I, I'm interested in what he's got to say about the Mando. Yeah, go, go ahead. I, well, yeah. I, I like the Western aspect. I'm a big fan of Westerns. There definitely is a huge Western theme. Oh, but yeah. there is there is a central plot to the show, and they don't really advance it in any tangible way, and it's frustrating. They, they, they barely advanced it in the first season. I agree. I agree. And we talked about how yeah. that and, and in the first don't... season, they don't do really do it, but they, you know, they keep, it's, it's frustrating. I don't have a problem if you want to do a, a Western type theme, but you got to advance the central plot. No, I think the, I, I think the idea of the movie or of the show is to have, it's not the destination, it's the journey, you know? And that's what the point of this is, I think. And I enjoy it. Then don't set up an but, overarching I mean, plot. It's a journey so where we don't even see. Plot. It's a journey where we don't even see the main character's face the entire time, and he just sounds like a robot the whole time. He's he's supposed to carry the show. That's, I don't have a problem with that. that I, I think that's I'm I'm fine with it because it's Pedro Pascal and anything he does. Like I didn't even mind the Great Wall because he was. But, like, you barely know that it's Pedro Pascal. Oh, I know Pedro Pascal. <laughs> we don't see him at all. Like, it's not like you get, like, the addition yeah, of, like, his that, facial features or anything. And that, you can barely tell milky, it's his voice. Kevin. That milky voice. Uh, Kevin, did you watch the first season? Yeah. So you do see his face at one point in the first season. You see his face. In the last episode, you see his face. 
Well, he, he takes, takes his helmet, helmet off. off. I know that from watching the preview, but that does, that doesn't matter if they show it for one second. The point is, like, you're, he's not like emoting on screen. You suppose that's actually Pedro Pascal in the? Mandalorian? No, no, not when when they're doing action sequences. It's clearly not him. He's just it's just voiceover. Do you think he's just voicing everything from like? I think he's in it when they're not doing action. I think when they're doing action, they have a, clearly they have a, a stunt double doing, you know, combat stuff. And like, I think that's pretty, I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere too. But I think uh, when they're just doing dialogue, it's definitely him. You think that's him? I always wonder. Well, guys, yeah. uh, Kev, thank you for being on the show. Uh, I'm sure we're going to have you back very soon. Uh, Okay. Yeah, it's it's getting winter here in Denver, so we're gonna start buckling in and watching movies and TV shows. So good. Well, you you send us our, your suggestions uh, beyond baking and food television. I, I like right. the suggestion. It was a good set. Uh, to to be honest, guys, vast majority of my viewing habits are like um, watching YouTube about uh, Paleolithic. Uh, All right, maybe we shouldn't have maybe we like, shouldn't have Kevin back on if he's going to go on about this geology bullshit. Okay, I'm going to wrap things up. I'm going to wrap things up. We'll be back early next week or late this week. It's the Masters weekend. Tiger started off hot, so I'm sure we'll be talking about him. But anyway, thank you everybody for listening. I'm Pat. Right. I'm Ollie. Thanks for having me on. I'm Kevin. You'll be back. All right, thanks everybody. All right. Adios.